<laughs> well, welcome to Banquet 2021. Sounds funny, that doesn't it? Banquet 2021. We're going to unpack the book of John, which isn't really a book because when you think of a book, you read a book. But actually, Jesus says you're to eat and drink him. And so spiritually, reading is eating and drinking. Naturally, it's reading. And as we know, we can't receive the life that's in here through reading just through the intellect of the mind. We have to have the teacher of all teachers, the Spirit himself, bring to light the words that are sitting on this page. And so as we go through John, and John is a profound uh, substance of this eternal word, and I'd encourage you, John 6 is phenomenal in itself and on its own of the magnitude of the fullness of what God is doing. And In that John 6, you see disciples walk away because they have no comprehension, which we're going to look at in John 1, that people didn't have any comprehension of who this eternal word was. And when you don't understand and when you don't have comprehension, the natural response is to leave or walk away, to try to find life in other things because you think in those things is life because you don't comprehend who or what it is that stands before you offering you life. And so this is our challenge, isn't it? Because we are born of earth, but we need to become of the eternal. And every single one of us starts earthy and earthly. None of us start knowing God or none of us start in the eternal. And a big part of John, this is what the entire book's about, is this word that came from an eternal realm and turned up on earth and started to speak, but no one on earth had a reference for the eternal. Even though this eternal word had been written about over thousands of years. People had their own idea of what it looked like, who it was, and yet nobody, the Bible says, comprehended him when he showed up. Not even the ones he ultimately came for, which was the Israelite nation. Which is entirely sad, is it not? And the challenge for us is to not think that we know him just because we prayed a prayer whenever we prayed that prayer. Because we too can be just like the Israelites who never comprehend what's right in front of you because it's light and it's eternal. And we try to grasp or understood it through earth's means. And that's fatal because you'll never enter into that. Hence, God has to give us his spirit. We must be born again of the eternal seed which is imperishable and then know what it means to eat and drink of that seed so we can live an eternal life amen so father i just pray you will open up our ears and our eyes to hear and see i pray that we would have attentive hearts and receptive minds i pray we'd have a receptive mind sorry heart and attentive ears Lord, there are things in your son Jesus that we are granted to know. And you want us to know them because you want us to live from them. And so tonight, Holy Spirit, we're here. We are sitting, waiting, posturing ourselves before you 
to truly know what it is to know eternal life, the Christ. To be able to live an eternal life on earth, for that is the life that we were called to know now and the future. And so, Lord, just guide me tonight. Guide the words I say, the amount of the words I say, the time that you've been given. And I pray for an impartation in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, John 1, 1. The deity of Jesus Christ. And what I'm probably going to do is just read 18 verses, but just concentrate on five tonight. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. The witness of John. There came a man sent from God, whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. There was the true light which coming into the world enlightens every man. He was in the world and the world was made through him and the world did not know him. He came to his own And those who were his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. The word made flesh. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we saw his glory, glory as of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testified about him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has a higher rank than I, for he existed before me. For of his fullness we have all received, and grace upon grace. For the law was given through Moses, Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten God who is in the bosom of the Father, He has explained Him. 18 powerful, powerful, life-giving verses that in each verse contains manna to eat. When you put it all together, you see a much bigger picture being painted. And I just want to go through maybe the first five verses, and then we can break into groups and discuss some of the stuff. But in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Excuse me. In the beginning, powerful statement, before anyone was, any human being was, there was the Father, Son, and the Spirit, and they were one. I don't start in the beginning God. I start in the beginning as Greg. 
naturally. But spiritually, I actually start in the beginning is God. Because Ephesians 1, 3 to 4 tells me that my life before the foundations of the earth was formed and founded in the Word, the Christ. That's where I actually started spiritually because I've been predestined to know and to live in and from the eternal reality that is God in me, me in God. But that's not how I started or you started on earth, is it? You start completely separated from the very design you were created to be in. And that's a problem that the Father fixed by sending his Son, the eternal one. So we're talking here in a realm that's not earthly, it's not temporal, it is eternal, and none of us have any clue about it. It's beyond our ability to comprehend it because when he came down, when he left his place eternal and entered into earth, no one, not one single person apart from at this stage we know John, comprehended who he actually was. And so when he spoke, everyone misheard him. What he did was outside of man's ability to grasp what he was saying and who he was because he was demonstrating a reality and speaking of a realm that man had no idea about. And yet there'd been these scriptures that were written about him that he would come and fulfill a reality. And even those ones who were scholars of these scriptures but not really had no idea who he was. And it was those very people that would crucify him because they lacked the knowledge of the eternal that they needed to actually walk out wisdom and not do what they were doing. And you and I can be exactly the same. We can be exactly the same and be completely unaware of not only the eternal word, but actually what it is to live an eternal life. And what it is to be the demonstration of an eternal life. So all we do is really live earthly lives. We ask God to bless our earthly life and that's all we have a reference for we have no reference for anything beyond earth but that's not where the word started at all it came he came to earth to rescue man out of earth so the question that he wants to ask you is do you have a reference for the eternal word have you seen him not here here Because as we go through John, John said the eternal word manifested himself and I heard and I saw. He invites every single person to have oneness with him and his disciples and God because he didn't have it on earth and he's come into something that he now has. So when Jesus walked with John, he did not have fellowship with Jesus. Because Jesus was on the outside of him. So the man who writes John, at the time Jesus walked, did not have spiritual oneness with Jesus. He would come into that, wouldn't he? Because when Jesus walked, Jesus was on the outside. How can you have oneness if Jesus is on the outside and he needs to live in you? Now there's a time coming, and we are 2,000 years past that time, but when John walked with Jesus in physical flesh, He was walking more with a friendship, companionship, relationship, and Jesus was going to lead them into fellowship. So by the time you hit 1 John 1, 
He testifies of the reality of having fellowship now, and then he invites the entire church into the eternal fellowship with him, others, and the Father, Son, Spirit, which is the same invitation that goes out to us, which creates this one church because we are living from this eternal word that was in the beginning. You see, this is all about your first place posture within you. And we've talked about this over and over and over again, haven't you? If you've been to the well, you've heard this a number of times. Have you been hearing what's being said? Who is actually the number one person in your innermost being? You or him? And what does that look like? Because it's okay if you're two and he's, sorry, if you're one and he's two, but he wants you to get off that through the resurrection and the revelation of his power and his strength and reform that reality so you know, you're two and he's one. You see, there are so many in the beginning pictures in his scriptures. I encourage you, what's the first beatitude? Okay, so that defines all the other Beatitudes, correct? The first defines everything else. So if I'm not in the first, if I'm still the first, then how am I going to enter into this life, this eternal life? I'll be trying to access this eternal life through an earthly source called me. That is a problem because I can't. I literally can't. I can't access the spiritual life from the natural. It's not rocket science, is it? But we try. Like we try and we try, and you can hear that and you can hear that and still go try tomorrow because you're still actually the first. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. Now look, verse 3. All things, say all things. All things came into being through Him, the Word. The eternal word, all things, are they all things? Right, all things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. You have nothing of any worth of eternal that he has not done in you. So if he hasn't done a work in you, you have nothing that's eternal. You just still have you. Now you might claim to be that's eternal, but that eternal will be changing you. If he hasn't done it, then it hasn't happened yet. So all things are all things. The only thing that I have of any eternal substance or worth is what he does in me. That's why the first beatitude is poor in spirit. Because if I haven't come to that place yet of actually having me at the center broken and crushed, then I'm still trying to access life that is eternal, which I can't. Which means what? I'm going to try and build me. And I'm going to try and enter into this life through what I'm hearing about through me. Well, that's futile. And that's Psalm 127 where he says, if you try to build the church, it's all in vain. Man, you can't build anything eternal. You can be built eternally, but you can't build anything eternal because you're not eternal you're earthly and then when you become eternal you walk with me and you support what I'm doing on the earth so as you're being built eternally because nothing comes into being apart from what I do then you can share what's eternal in the hope that earth hears 
and then wants to go on a journey. And then you invite other people called the body of Christ to walk with you and you carry one another's burdens in the hope that they too will want to go from being earthly to eternal through the hearing of the eternal word, which is coming out of the one who's now becoming eternal. Because the Bible says Christ is eternal life and to know him is eternal life. So if Christ lives in me and he's being formed in me because he's the word and nothing comes into being apart from him, then I'm going to have oneness with him. The very thing the disciples didn't have when they walked physically with him. And Jesus said this to them. He said, the Holy Spirit is with you, but he's going to be in you. He's not just going to be there as this little reference point. He's going to be in you and you're going to know he's in you and he's going to inscribe my word on your heart and mind from the inside out. So this isn't, yeah, the Holy Spirit lives in me by principle and I live my life normal. This is the Holy Spirit lives in me and he's changing me from the inside out. I have fellowship. He's teaching me daily. He's writing on my heart. He's bringing to light and life the mysteries of the kingdom of God, which I'm to know and live from. That's what it is to have the Holy Spirit in you. It's not just to say, oh, I've got the Holy Spirit in me and then you live as you've always lived an earthly life. We are transacting from earth to eternal while being on earth. Can you hear the difference? It's night and day. It's radically different life to the life you were born with when you were a baby. Like it's non-existent. Like I was talking, we had Shirley and Warren over for lunch and we were talking about, it was interesting because I looked in in the window and Danny and the girls never knew. And there they are working away. And I said to them, I said, you know, I said, I never thought that would be my reality. If you don't know, I got married when I was 24 and that lasted three and a half years. And I never thought what I was looking at in the kitchen would be my reality. And I said to them, it's like this. It says, I know I got married, but it's like I didn't. Like, it's like this guy that I was close to, a good friend, but it wasn't me. Because God has restored. He's not only healed all that, he's completely given me a brand new life that I don't even recognize who I was to who I am now. And not only that within me, he's actually given me physically a wife and children, the thing that I thought I'd never have because I actually didn't think anyone would want to marry a divorcee. So not only has he healed me and restored me on the inside, and I don't even recognize the guy who was 24 that got married. It's like, yeah, I know it was me, but it wasn't me. He's actually then blessed me in a physical relationship with physical children. You see, he takes your ashes and he gives you his beauty. Like, it's not a very good exchange on his part, but it is because you actually get to, and now you actually start living for him, with him, in him. And you become one with this eternal word that has always been from the beginning, but apart from him, nothing we have has come into being that hasn't been from him. So you can't do this on your own. And this is the challenge, because that challenges that inner person that might still be sitting on the throne of their own life who wants to be able to control who loves Jesus but has Jesus as an add-on rather than actually life 
You have Jesus as a resource, but he's not the source of your life. He's in my life, but he's not my life. And there's a massive difference between those two things. When he actually becomes the air you breathe, literally, because he's in you, working towards you, and you know you can't live this life without him, it's a whole different life. And I, guys, you know, like in 1997, God opened up a realm supernaturally to me. And it's like this realm has got nothing to do, like it's not earthly. And you start showing you things of who you're really called to be. And then he says, seek first my kingdom, not the kingdom of the world. Because unless you're a seeker of the kingdom and my righteousness, you'll never really know who you've been created to be. Like you'll never know that before the foundations of the earth, you were created in the sun. And then you'll never know what that really means if you get a revelation of that, because it will free you from all the insecurities of rejection that you've had. When you actually get the revelation that you've been chosen, called, that you were intended, no matter how you got here and how maybe your earthly parents treated you or didn't treat you or what people said, all that goes because it's been replaced by a new reality. And you're looking, and I mean looking, I pray the eyes of your heart would be enlightened in the knowledge of God. Why? So you can know who you've been called to be. This is Paul's prayer. You're looking at who you were first before any of the mess. You're looking at... Oh my goodness, why have I suffered with rejection for so long and I've been accepted? But if you don't have that, then you're looking at rejection because you're looking to man, aren't you? You're looking to the earth to confirm who you are. You're looking for earth for your entity. You're looking for life in another person, which is not part of his kingdom. That's the back to front way. So you're actually going the wrong way. And he needs to grab you and turn you and spin you back this way. Hence this thing called repentance, which is not just, Lord, I'm found out. It's, Lord, I need a brand whole new way of living and thinking with a whole new way of operating system so I can receive and enter into. And this is what John knows because John has come into this. What you're reading is his testimony, which we all are to have, are we not? I love what Sam said the other week. It's got nothing to do with your life story. It's your testimony of everything he's done. That's where we're to live from. So whether I've been a drug addict or not, it's all irrelevant. It's do I know who I am in Christ before the foundation of the earth? Do I know my fallen nature that I was born into? And so John's then saying, as he says, all things came into being through him. Apart from him, nothing. Now this line here, in him was life. So life is where? So outside of him is not life, correct? Only in the Christ, the eternal word, is life. So why do so many Christians look for life outside of the Christ? Because they already think they've got Christ. It's like what Mel said. So as I've got Christ, now I need to, but I'm not complete, so I've got to find something else. It's Christ and. Yes? It's Christ but. So I've got Jesus, but I need X, Y, or Z. Because I'm not complete, because I haven't yet come into the reality that only life is found in Christ. God made it simple. He simplified it down. He said it's just only, only sorry, about knowing one thing, my son. Through revelation. In him was life, and the life 
was what? The light of men. So I've only got the measure of light in accordance to the light that's in me. Because he is the light, he is the life. So to the measure Christ is in me, I'm going to be what? The light of the world. So how big is he in you? Like how big is the spirit? Is he just a seed? Or is he growing into a vine? Like Paul said in Galatians 4.19, he said, I want this formational. He said, I'm laboring in the spirit. Like what does that mean, Greg? It means he's in prayer 24-7. He is praying. He is praying. He is fasting. He is before on his knees before heaven and earth. We know this one, Ephesians 3. So he's laboring before earth, sorry, heaven and earth on his knees, hoping that the church is going to wake up to the realization of who she is. And he's praying all the time. He's laboring in the hope that there'll be a forming work of the eternal word in the very vessel called the church, disciples of Jesus Christ. And he's saying, and Jesus is saying, in, sorry, John is saying, in the Christ was life. And the life was the light of men. Now I want to read you something out of Matthew, which can be a little bit alarming. But it's in Matthew and it's true. It says this, The eye is the lamp of the body, meaning the eye of the heart. So then if your heart is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light that is in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? What does that mean? It means if you live your entire life from flesh, even though you've been born of the Spirit, how great is the flesh, the darkness that comes forth from you? So although Christ is in you, you live your life from the flesh, darkness. Which is what John also talks about in 1 John 1, saying if you walk in darkness, then you will not have fellowship with us. If you walk in the flesh, how can you have fellowship with those of the Spirit? If you think exactly, completely different to those of the Spirit when it comes to His kingdom, how can you have oneness? You're going the opposite way. You will pray the opposite prayers. You will believe opposite things. The thing is you won't know, you'll think you're at one with them. But you won't be. And ultimately, it'll get found out because you'll go and live differently. And what you prioritize and the decisions you make will be different, ultimately, from this wholeheartedly abandoned people. And so Jesus here is saying, it's in me. So what have we been talking about just after Christmas? In him or in Christianity? It's not in Christianity. It's not in the Scriptures. In the beginning was not the scriptures. In the beginning was not signs and wonders. In the beginning was not anything functional. In the beginning was the spirit. In the beginning was the word. So our beginning must be his beginning if we are to live this life out accurately in accordance to his word. Too many followers because we don't know the Spirit and we don't understand the things of the Spirit, but we have a reference for the Scriptures, make the Scriptures the first thing. And what happens is it's dead. Have you experienced these people at all? They can quote you. (laughs) Jess is saying she's one of them. It's awesome. 
They can quote you stuff. They know stuff. They study the Greek, the Hebrew. They study all the stuff. And listen, I'm not saying to clarify that that is bad. It's good, but it's just not life. So it's good. It's from the knowledge of tree of good and evil. In my mind, I understand the culture, the traditions, the principles, the feasts, all those things. It's good. It's not wrong, but it is not life. It will not transform you and enable you to live what you need. It's not eternal. It's of earth. He was not a Jew. He was of the spirit. He was not of the order of a natural bloodline. He came through that line, the eternal word. That's why, what do you think they didn't recognize him when he turned up? Like if he was an Israelite, firstly, of a Judah, firstly, they would have recognized him, wouldn't they? So why didn't they? Because he wasn't. He was of the spirit. He was of the eternal. So when he rocks up, He speaks things that they think they have a reference for, that they have no reference for. They hear him through the earthy, not the eternal, and go, who can listen to this guy? He claims to be the bread of life, but he talks about drinking blood. He can't be the Messiah because the Messiah would know that's not the case because in accordance to the scriptures, that's not the case. Really? The law was spiritual, was it not? Were they of the spirit? There you go. The word is spiritual, is it not? Are you of the spirit? Can you see the interfusing of those two things? If the law is of the spirit and the word is spirit and we don't know the things of the spirit, we're lost, just like them. But see, they had an understanding in their mind because they read some scriptures. But they didn't have the living reality of the knowledge that was enabling them to live. Otherwise, they wouldn't have crucified him. And that's what Paul says, doesn't he? If they'd had the wisdom of God, they wouldn't have did done what they did. Hence, the ability to demonstrate is the evidence of whether you're in the eternal word or earth. And that's where it becomes so offensive because it says live it. Don't talk it, live it. Love like heaven. We're going to have a test today. We're going to see how many people are actually in the eternal word through the living of it. Right, everyone come here and we're going to put you in a pressure test. We're going to turn the heat up and we're going to see what comes out. (laughs) What for? To embarrass us? No. To pull us down? No. What for? To show you where you're really at in him, so then you have an opportunity to be in him if you're not in him thinking you are. So then you can get on board with the life you are predestined to know before the foundations of the earth in Christ, and that eternal word become a living and flesh in you, so out of you becomes the living word. Now you are not God, but you are Christ-like, and you are coming into who you really have been created to be in him. But outside of him, there is no life. And then it says in verse 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. They were waiting. And when it turned up, he turned up, they didn't comprehend him. That can be us, guys. Don't think you're outside of this. 
That's a fatal mistake to think you are not part of this because the Bible says you don't yet know as you ought to know. It says there's a way that you think is right and it might not be. Have you tested it? And is it producing the life in you that enables you to demonstrate something? That's the evidence of being in Christ is you can actually start to live out what it is he says. Hence, what you say and how you live are one because the eternal word is being made flesh in you just like it was in him. He was fully man, fully God, correct? He did what he did as God or man. Man. What for? To show what's possible. That's right. Which removes all the excuses, correct? Maybe, maybe not. They still come up with them. I ain't got time. I'm married. I've kids. I've got work. I've got sport. When do I fit him in? When do you fit him in? You may want to check to see if you're of earth or the eternal, if that's coming out of your mouth. And love is covering that position, isn't it? For the purpose of transforming that position so you can actually come into being one with this eternal word because until then you don't even know who you really are. And you're missing out on the life you were created for. And so it's this opportunity that we all get together and God has given us everything we need to discover this reality in him. And he puts us together, whether you like it or not. He says it's not even just friendship. He says it's a covenant. So as much as you're in covenant with me, you're in covenant with one another. So don't break the covenant with your brother and sister. Because they're actually your family member. But like, do we have an actual revelation of even that? The natural is so powerful, isn't it? See, the earth's way is such a massive magnetic pull on most people. Blood is thicker than water. Heard that one? Spirit is thicker than blood. But that needs to be revealed, otherwise I'll just do what earth does and I will prioritise my natural over my spiritual. I will choose Danny and the kids ahead of you every time because they are number one in my heart, not you. Now there's tension in that and there's wisdom in that, but actually do I choose him above all and then base my decisions and my priorities based on my oneness with him, not with people and what they say and what they demand. And so you've got these five powerful verses. In the beginning was the word. In the beginning. God declares the end from the beginning. And the word was with God. And the word was God. He was in the beginning, beginning with God. All things came into being through him. And apart from him, nothing came into being that has come into being. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and unfortunately, I add that, the darkness did not comprehend him. That's happening today. Not just in the world, as I've said, but 
and his church. His love is covering all this. And the word is a person, isn't it? He's not a principle. He's not a power source, although he's powerful. It's a person. He's an eternal kind. And that's who we've been created to be, of an eternal kind. Not an earthly kind, but an eternal kind. One with the word, which is eternal. 33 minutes, 5, 92, boom. Hey, didn't think I could do it, did you? Eh? <laughs> so we're going to get into questions. <clears throat> and at your tables, just discuss... And the questions, again, are just a tool to help. So you might have a burning question that relates to what you've heard. Maybe start there, but let's do that and uh, have some fun.